Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Now, I know some of you are saying, Pastor Mark, I'm not you, I'm not Moses, I'm not Esther, I'm not Joseph. No, I know that. You're you. But God has created and gifted each one of us. God sees great potential in you. He didn't make a bunch of junk. He made every person with great potential. And at some point, you have to start seeing yourself as God made you. And what He has for you. You have to see yourself as God made you. Do you believe that God has equipped you to do any and every work He asks of you? Today, Pastor Mark will encourage listeners to look at their abilities through God's eyes. The Lord created man in His own image. He's designed us to accomplish many special things in the lives of people. Never think that you're unable to follow a calling from the Lord because you are unequipped. Nothing is impossible with God. He's promised to provide all that we need to do life right. Has fear been limiting your effectiveness today? Trust in the one who strengthens you. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Ephesians as he begins part seven in his series entitled Unlimited Opportunities. There's not one person in this room today that doesn't have regrets. In fact, any of you here regret that you opened your mouth this week and said something? Let me see your head. Yes, if you're married, just raise your hand. That's exactly right. But when we look past that, there's always an area or two that come immediately to our mind. Pastor Mark, I I wish I could have that decision again. Because I'd make it very differently. You don't have to say, well, not me. Oh, yeah, you. Every single one of us. But see, life isn't like that. We don't get do-overs. So how do we do this thing called life with really no regrets or as few as possible? I want to talk to you about that today in this series called Unlimited Opportunities. But what do we do with these regrets? What if we haven't followed? What if we're not even following now? How do we handle that kind of a life? Dr. Neil Rose made an interesting distinction between two types of regrets. I want you to write these today. And in fact, you need to transfer them to your Bible because these are hugely important. Regret number one. They're called regrets of action. Regrets of action. You know what that sounds like. I wish I had not done that. 
We call that in the spiritual realm, sin of commission. The Ten Commandments, don't steal, don't covet, don't lie, don't commit adultery, don't be dishonest, don't be two-faced. Well, we've all been there. We understand these. We understand the sins of commission. They're very familiar with us. Most of our churches, we talk about that very often. But the second one is an interesting one. Dr. Neil Rose says, the regrets of inaction. Not something that I've done, but something that I I didn't do that I should have done. The scripture says, he who knows to do right or do good and doesn't do it, it's a sin. So this regrets of inaction is this. I wish I had done that. We call that a sin of omission. And to be very honest, we don't think too much about that. As a Christian, the sin of commission, when I, when I do something I shouldn't, I ask forgiveness. And 1 John 1 says that God forgives me. But I have a, I have a little idea, and I, I have no biblical principle for this, but I, I think it could be possible that when I get to heaven, I know God isn't going to focus on my sins of commission, things that I did wrong because I've already asked forgiveness and they're forgiven. But it could be that when you and I get to heaven, God puts in a little DVD of our life, and he says, here's what I had planned for you, but you never stepped out and accomplished them. You, sin of omission is here and here and here and here. Look what I had planned for you. That's what I want to talk about today. Because I think that's our main problem. Certainly I have a problem with sin of commission. But for many of us, we never reach what God wants for us in our life. Now, Charles Spurgeon once made this statement. God had one son without sin, Jesus. But he has no son without temptation. We've all sinned. We're all tempted. Jesus didn't sin, but he was tempted. You see, we all know the temptation to give in to sin and do the wrong thing. We've done that many times. But what about the temptation to ignore doing the right thing? That's what I want to talk about. Now, the next thing that's going to go on the screen, just look at me and say this. Don't copy. Just say, just say don't copy. I don't want you copying this. I'm not interested in your copy. You can't get it done. If you do, you miss the whole key. So I want to go through these at all of our campuses and ask you to put your mind in gear and ask yourself this question. By the way, if you see somebody copying, just say to them, sin of commission. Cut it out. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Temptation number one. My temptation to limit God and put him in a box of my making. God, you can't do this. There's, there's no way. By the way, some of you are sitting next to someone today who you believe would never come to Christ, a spouse, a friend. There they are, outside of your box, totally outside of your box that you thought God could do. See, be careful. Don't try to limit God in anything. How can you limit God? It's impossible to limit God. We're tempted. We look at this and go, that, that can't happen. No. That's wrong. 
Number two, the temptation to settle for less than God has planned for us. I think that's a huge one. That was the story I just gave you about the DVD at the end of our life, looking back and going, oh, you're, you're kidding. God has so much planned for us, each of us. He's gifted us. We're here for a reason. We want to use our time doing that, but we miss it because we've been afraid to step out or a million other reasons. But we've talked about that over the series. Number three, the temptation to live a saved life rather than a supernatural life. Pastor Mark, what do you mean by that? Here's what I mean by that. Here's what you hear from lots of people. You going to church? Yeah. How often do you go? Yeah, whenever I feel like it. Are you born again? Going to heaven? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I did that 12 years ago. Any, any changes happen in your life? No, not really. It doesn't matter because I'm going to heaven. That's very common. Jesus talked about it. By the way, if that's you, you better be careful because there better be fruit in your life. There, there's no work that saves you. It's grace. But if you really save, there's going to be a change. So notice, a saved life rather than a supernatural life. A life of amazing things, expecting the unexpected, watching God do things. Why do I say to you that that's not a huge problem in the church? It is. Here's why. One of the gifts God gave me is a gift of exhortation. You can't come to this church and feel comfortable here. Because God gave me this foot, even though I'm small, that loves to kick your behind. <laughs> Spiritually. Anybody here know what I'm talking about? Says God. Now, if you're visiting today, this will probably be your last time here. <laughs> Have a nice life. Find a church where you can just sit and go, yes. We don't allow people to veg here. You know, that thing that's in your refrigerator that grows crud? Because you haven't been in it forever. We don't allow that. We empty that out and get you stirred up. Amen? So we already showed you two things today. But many people, they'll look for a church where nobody will disturb them. Number four. Huge. Temptation to delay stepping out and really follow Jesus. Pastor Mark, I get it. I know I have a gift. I know God's going to use me. I have faith. It's going to be amazing. I'm going to expect the unexpected. But, but I have three kids as soon as they get older. I, I'm in college right now, and I got too much on my plate. I, I'm working, and I'm actually going to school at night. I got to get that master's degree because that's the next thing. Um, and, 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 uh, Pastor Mark, when gas goes down, <laughs> then I'll step out. Here's what happens. Then never comes. If not now, when? Article in the Los Angeles Times, 1985. My brother-in-law opened the bottom drawer of my sister's bureau and lifted out a tissue-wrapped package. He discarded the tissue and handed me the, the box that had a woman's slip in it. It was exquisite. Silk, handmade, trim with a cobweb of lace. The price tag was an astronomical figure. It was still attached. The husband said Jan brought this for the first time when we went to New York eight or nine years ago. She never wore it. She was saving it for a special occasion. Well, I guess this is the occasion. 
He took this slip from me, put it on the bed with the other clothes we were taking to the mortician. His hands lingered on the soft material for a moment as he had memories. Then he slammed the door shut and turned to me and said, don't ever save anything for a special occasion. Every day you are alive is a special occasion. She said, I remember those words through the funeral and the days that followed when I helped him and my niece attend to the sad chores that followed this unexpected death. I'm still thinking about those words, and they've actually changed my life, she says. I'm not saving anything. We use our good china now and our crystal for every special event, such as losing a pound. <laughs> and even getting the sink unstopped. Every day you are alive is a special occasion. You see, if we learn to live like that and obey God, we'll have very few regrets. Here, here's the first one I want to talk about today. What would Moses have missed if he refused to follow God? You remember one day, Moses had been in the wilderness for 40 years, a shepherd, because he had failed God. God came to him in a burning bush. It did not burn up, and God spoke to him. Through a whole series of circumstances, eventually Moses did follow God. What would he have missed? I began to write them down. He would have missed seeing the miracles of the plagues. He would have missed seeing the angel bringing grace and judgment on the night of the Passover. Moses would have missed experiencing the exodus of more than two million people, him the leader, who left with the riches of Egypt. He would have missed holding up his staff, as you see, watching the Red Sea part, and the children of Israel escape once again on dry ground in front of Pharaoh. He would have missed receiving the two tablets in which God wrote with his finger, Ten Commandments. He would have missed seeing God provide manna, food for them, supernaturally, six days a week for 40 years. He would have missed on and on and on and on. He said, Pastor Mark, what does that have to do with me? Here's what it has to do with you. Take a look at this. You put your picture here. What are you missing by not following Jesus Christ? I can't tell you because I'm not God. Now, one, number one, if you're not a believer, you're missing everything. You have no life. You have no hope after this. But many of you are just, well, you're almost living the same life. But you need to understand, you're responsible for what God speaks to you. What are you doing with that life? And what does it look like? Could it be at the end of our lives we really look back and realize the, the regrets, almost all the regrets of our life were regrets of inaction? With all those excuses. We didn't take advantage of the doors that God opened. We, we allowed a spouse or somebody else to speak into our lives. You can't do that. You're not gifting. On and on and on we go. We didn't step out in faith. Because we didn't believe God could lead us. I want you to write this down. 
Surprise! We can do nothing wrong and yet not do the right thing. Now, I don't care if you're 18 in here or if you're 82. It doesn't matter. It's not too late to stop making regrets. It's not too late to start doing the right thing that God speaks to us. Now, I know some of you are saying, Pastor Mark, I'm not you. I'm not Moses. I'm not Esther. I'm not Joseph. No, I know that. You're you. But God has created and gifted each one of us. God sees great potential in you. He didn't make a bunch of junk. He made every person with great potential. And at some point, you have to start seeing yourself as God made you and what he has for you. You have to see yourself as God made you. And then you can step out. Here's the danger of that. It isn't about you. Corinthians, 2 Corinthians says this, it's not that we think we are qualified to do anything on our own, Paul says. Our qualification comes from God. See, life isn't about you. It's about the God who created you. Life isn't about you and your abilities. It's the God who has gifted you. We want to make God look good by us accomplishing in simple everyday things what God wants. I'm talking about you getting out of your comfort zone, seeing how God created you, no regrets, and stepping out in faith wherever God has placed you, in Brevard County, Orange County, down to Vera County, wherever. See, that's the field where we're at. But you have gifts. You have abilities. Right here, right now. And we need to quit playing around with the gift that God's given us. With God, there's unlimited opportunities. Why? Because he's God. He opens up a million doors. Now, with me, there's very limited opportunities. That's the way you need to see yourself. It's never about you. It's never about me. It's always about God. Now, I've asked you to turn to Matthew chapter 8. Where did Jesus meet most people? How did Jesus, since he knew the priority was people... How in the world did he meet people? Well, we find that out in Matthew chapter 8, verse 1. When he came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. Please write this this morning. Jesus met most people on the road of life. You see, Jesus knew the importance of the marketplace of life. He didn't meet most people in the synagogue. We don't meet most people in the church. We meet them on the road of life. Jesus then gave us a commission that reminds us of that. Go into all the world, preach the gospel, make disciples. You see, we have to go. Look at that verse again. When he came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. Now, why the crowds? Well, if you go back to chapters Matthew 5 through 7, you're going to hear The greatest sermon ever preached, the Sermon on the Mount. And in that Sermon on the Mount, Jesus spoke about every area of real life. So write this down. Why were the crowds there? Why lots of crowds? Why people? Because people want to know the truth. People want to know how to live life. In that Sermon on the Mount, Jesus just covered everything. Why are you here today? Because you want to know how to do life. 
And of course, we learn it from the Word of God. It's God's mind to us. So Jesus began speaking to these people how to get married, how to live life, how to raise children, how to work, how to be successful, how to forgive those who hurt us, how to have purpose and meaning, and of course, how to get to heaven. See, people are searching for truth. They want to know how to live. That's why the crowds. As you begin to think about this, well, let me read you. I got to read you one verse. Ecclesiastes. Farmers who wait for perfect weather never plant. If they watch every cloud, they never harvest. What does that mean? See, if you're waiting for the perfect opportunity, you'll never step out in faith. If we're waiting for just the right time in all the circumstances, you'll, they're never going to be perfect. You have to take a step of faith and trust God. So when God says go, what do you do? You just go. You just go. Well, Pastor Mark, I don't know what's going to happen. That's exciting. Expect the unexpected. And it's going to happen. You say, Pastor Mark, you think God really speaks to us like that? Get used to it. My sheep hear my voice. Is it about me? No. Matthew 8, verse 2. And a man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. I want you to notice something. He didn't say, Lord, if you're able. He said, Lord, if you're willing. I have to be honest, sometimes I don't have that much faith. Where did he learn that God was able to heal a leopard, a disease that was impossible to cure in those days. Where did he learn that? He heard of Jesus. He heard the word of God from people saying, I was healed, I was blind. He, heard, he didn't say to him, can you? He said, will you? Now notice, Jesus doesn't walk into a town and just go, shalom, how are you, and move right along. He moved in, and he began to Touch the people. You're going to see this in a moment. Well, look down at verse 3. And Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. Now, I want you to write this next statement down. You see, if I'm going to be like Jesus, I have to touch people on the road of life. Not just talk about them, but I have to physically touch them. Now, remember, this is a disease that's untouchable. You never touch a person like this. It was against the law. It would not be healthy in those days because it was a very infectious disease. But Jesus reached out and touched him. You see, when Jesus was here, he would stop, he would teach, he would touch, he would serve, he would deliver people. That's what we've been called to do. All of those areas we're gifted in because it's God working through us. Today we learn from Pastor Mark that there are two types of regrets. Regrets of action and regrets of inaction. Not only is there temptation to sin in our life, there's temptation to settle for less than what God has planned for us and temptation to live a saved life rather than a supernatural life. Are you missing opportunities in your life? You don't want to look back at the course of your life and regret practicing greater faith. You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. And today's message 
was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. Did you know that we can do nothing wrong and yet not do the right thing? In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will teach listeners of the unlimited opportunities we have as Christ followers. It's not wrong to give to the poor or care for the needy, but if it's not done out of a heart of love, it's all wrong. On earth, Jesus focused on relationships, showing his heart for people, not just his supernatural abilities. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through the book of Ephesians. That's next time on Lessons for Living. I heard his word made flesh in a hurry.